0: Asia, what a beautiful walk-in! Better than the first time, huh? <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is what doing uh, TV is like. How are you? Are you good? No, I'm amazing. Happy to be in South Carolina, but I think we should just rename like Columbia Asia Wilson Town no. <laughs> because they love you here. When I was on the plane, I was talking to you know my neighbor. I yeah. like to do that. on And he's like, "What are you doing coming here?" I'm like, "Oh, I have an interview." Yeah. He says, "With who?" I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna talk to Asia Wilson." You would have thought he was about to stop this plane, get in my suitcase to come to this interview. So people oh, no. really do love you here. Do you feel that when you come to town?
1: I definitely do. When yeah. I come back to South Carolina. It's just like a different vibe, a different feel. Like it's very loving. It's very caring. And like sometimes it's suffocating, but I actually enjoy it because I miss it. I don't really get that in Vegas. So no, yeah. I definitely feel it here.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it has to be really special to almost become like synonymous with, city. Mm -hmm. Like it's at the point now, I think when people think of Columbia or University of South Carolina, they think of Asia Wilson. And I think that's a milestone in itself as well. Is that something you'd always been thinking about?
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Like sometimes I see all the tweets. I see everybody. They're like, oh my gosh, Asia Wilson, South Carolina. Like you just got to put it together at all times. And Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I have people in this state that have watched me grow up since I was like an arm baby. So for them to be on that journey with me, it's just truly special.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I love that. Okay. Is it different coming back as a champion. <laughs> Tell me the differences between that. <laughs> it definitely is
1: different coming back as a champion. Um, because, I mean, it's just a different feel. Like, I, And everyone talks about the statue. And it's funny because I drove by there. And I didn't even recognize I was like... My mom was like, "You know your statues of it." I was like, "Oh yeah, it is here." Like I, yeah. because I'm away from it so many times that I I'm not used to it, but it is different here. Of course, I got a chance to see Coach Daly, so she always brings that championship feeling back to me. So mm-hmm. it's a great feeling.
0: How do you think that you personally have changed being a champion now?
1: Ooh, hmm. I think. You spend all this time trying to, like, just prove yourself, trying to make sure, like, everyone understands that, you know, you put them on notice. You got to wake them up. Everyone's like, stay sleep. Like, they sleep. But for me, I think, as a champion, it's one thing that you can't take away from me. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of like, all right, I still got the chip on my shoulder. Don't get me wrong. I'm still, like, greedy and I want more. But it's just a sense of, like... I put them on notice like mm-hmm. I did it this this me you can't take it away from me you can say whatever you want because that was the big thing that people really talked about to me was just like oh but she ain't got no rings like she ain't got a ring mm-hmm. I'm like well I got to roll now yeah. so now what are you gonna say yeah. it kind of leaves you like all right so now what you want to say and I think that's the biggest thing that I've changed about myself is just like my confidence and my demeanor is just kind of like all right I did it like mm-hmm. I can check that off my goal list like let's move on to the next thing
0: yeah okay and correct me if I'm wrong it feels like even when you didn't have the ring, even when you were hearing the voice of people talking about you not having it, you had a calmness and stillness because you knew you would get it.
1: Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I was just waiting on my, my, my journey. I was just waiting on my story for whatever God had in store for me. Uh, everyone's like, well, how do you deal with the pressure? I'm like, I don't feel the pressure really because I know what I'm here to do. I know yeah. that I am guided. Uh, and, and protected. So I'm like, I really can't worry about that. All I can do is put the ball in the hoop the best way I can. Like, mm-hmm. everything else is going to pan out. But it is also very good when you actually do get to waste that trophy. Because <laughs> you're like, yes, all those days, all those years. And so finally, it's
0: good. Yeah. Now, I got to say, I remember in the, the post-game press conference after y'all won. We're going to talk about that just so you know. But... Something I loved was when they were talking about the championships, you were like, this isn't going to be the only. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to start naming <laughs> off numbers, but I know another one is coming. Yeah. You realize, like, that's a promise you're making <laughs> that is. you're going to bring another one to Vegas.
1: Yes, and that's that's just the feel that I have. I think the energy, that the franchise that we have, the people around us, it's a place where it's like— you know, this is brewing. Like it's just, it's not just in the here and now. Like it's great now, but we we're trying to build. Like this was just the the first and not the only. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. That's why I was like, I'm not about to name them. I'm not saying <laughs> we're gonna try back to back. But it's hard. It is yeah. hard winning a championship on any level. But when you get to the pros, it's very very hard. So I was like, you know what? I can feel it. Like our energy, our locker room was just different.
0: Explain that to someone who might not know what you mean when you're saying winning is
1: much harder than you might think. Like winning is it covers up a lot of things. And I think when you get down to the stretch, that's when things are exposed because everyone you're under a microscope. Like Everyone's just like, all right, how can we take away this from the aces? And what can we do? So winning covers up a lot of that because it's like we're winning. So don't fix something that's not broken. But when you're getting down to the. Nitty gritty of things, and you're playing the same team for the fourth time. I'm like, I know y'all players better than y'all probably know y'all players <laughs> at yeah. this point. It's hard because you know them like the back of your hand. So you really dial into those different things, like just that heart, wanting it more, that grit, that just push through. And that's what it really comes down to. And it's hard to do that over the course of like a week. Yeah. Every other day, it's hard to bring it every other day. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get out of bed every other day. So it's like <laughs> yeah. and you now want you me want to go me to win. Right? It's like you <laughs> want me to travel too. Yeah. So that's what's like what I'm meaning by it's just really, really hard to win one. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's heavier, the expectations before you win a championship or the expectations after you win one?
1: <sighs> expectations. Um, I would definitely say before. Mm-hmm. Especially depending on the status that you're at Because, like, everyone's going to compare you to someone Everyone's going to compare you to anything that's going around you So those expectations are just like, well, if they can do it, you need to be doing it mm-hmm. And it's like, well, dang, maybe it's just not my time Or maybe it's just uh, not a field for it And I think meeting those expectations are ten times harder Because once you got it, mm-hmm. you got it I remember Bill Lambeer, my um, coach, a couple of years ago when I was even drafted He was just like, once you win a championship, it's like you got it You got that secret And you can't really tell anyone because it's like, you're just in it. You live it. You know, you've been in those moments. You've been in those big lights. And it's like, that's the secret. But getting there, oh my God. It's (laughs) like looking over. You're trying to look over a mountain in the valley. You're just like, I can't get there. Yeah. But something about it, like once you get it, you just get a feel for it.
0: Okay. So a lot of times, you know, people say winning that championship is the best day of their life. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you, what are your three best days of your life? If that is one of
1: them. Three best of my life. Definitely winning my WNBA championship was like phew, top notch. Um, my first game at South Carolina my freshman year is an exhibition game at noon. It was the first game. At noon. Gra- I know exactly. It was the first <laughs> game my grandmother ever see me play. Like ever. Like she would always watch me. And sometimes she wouldn't watch me because she thought the defender was trying to beat me. I was like, it's a part <laughs> of the game, grandma. But that was her first game that she ever came to, and her only game that she came to, and uh, that was probably top-notch, top-tier vibes ever. And the third one? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Oh, the third one probably has to be SEC Championship my senior year. Okay. We played against Mississippi State, and we were the underdogs, but we were the number one seed. It was very confusing.
0: Yeah, like, that doesn't make sense. It was lost (laughs) on But
1: I was like... And that's what made it that much more sweeter yeah. because everyone wanted us to lose so bad. And that was my fourth one. And I was just like, I'm going out with a bang. Like, this was cute Mississippi State, but nice try. Yeah. So, those three moments right now, at the top of my head, have to be like the biggest moments in my career.
0: I mean, they're just a good mix. <laughs> but on that championship championship day, I have to ask, most importantly, was that the most drunk you've ever been in your life?
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty close. Because I it.
0: love the press conference. <laughs> And the
1: parade. I think that was the fastest (laughs) I've ever became drunk because people don't realize we're coming fresh off the court. Like, I don't have anything in my system but some applesauce. Like, and you're handing me this beer, and then we had champagne, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. By the time I look, I'm like, seven bottles are just around me, and I'm just like, all right. (laughs) Then, like, come on, we got to do press conference. I'm like all right, let's go for it. Like, I didn't have a shirt. I didn't know where anything was. So, yeah. yeah, that was the quickest and probably the most I've been.
0: But, I mean, the memes and the gifts that came out of it was so worth it. It was absolutely the best. All of your facial expressions, you're, like, looking at Chelsea, like, what is going on? Do you even remember most of it? Or um, do you just know it
1: because you've watched it back? I know it because I watched it back. And I remember, <laughs> uh, the biggest thing that I remember is just KP coming in with the boombox, like, yeah. just lit. And anyone that knows Kelsey Plum, she is, like, stern and like, no, I'm going to eat my vegetables every day. I'm drinking water. Am I touching anything? And to see her like that, I was like, oh my gosh, my girl loosened up. Yeah. So it was just a big moment for me. Like, I was a proud big a little sister day. I was like, oh, look at her. She's so drunk. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that was the best moment, probably.
0: Okay, tell me the best story from either the parade or championship night that no one has heard.
1: Um, I don't even know if I can tell this, but we'll see. <laughs>
0: You can. Yeah, you have can. my permission. Well, yeah, ask for forgiveness, not permission,
1: you know? <laughs> um, there has to be, we were on the bus headed to the airport, and Becky comes back with, like, all this cash, and she just starts throwing it on the bus. And so we're like, this is probably the first time we've ever boxed out, because the aces do not box out. We tried, but we didn't. We were busting <laughs> people, like, everywhere. I was like, oh, she, we were grabbing money. And I turn and I look, and Jackie Young, probably the quietest person in the WNBA, has, she's, like, banning these dollar bills, like, hundred-dollar bills, like, <laughs> hey. And I was just like, oh, my God, we really won a championship. Like, that was the moment where I'm like, oh, Jackie's, like, lit. Yeah. And I don't think anybody really knows that. But yeah. we were stumping on the bus. People crawling on the, like, on our bus, like, get the hundreds, get the hundreds. So, yeah, that was a big money. Oh, it was hundreds. It was a big money. I was thinking it was one. It guns. was blue face, We were stumping on dollar bills. I said, come on. Arnie, who on a hundred dollar bill? Benjamin? Yeah. Benjamin. Benji, come on. I was getting every <laughs> Benji on that bus. I yes. promise you. Okay, how much did you walk away with? I didn't even count it. I couldn't. <laughs> like, I wasn't here to count. I was just like, I got to know. It was spinning for two pound yeah. land. I was like, I'm good. So,
0: was Becky doing like, you know, yeah, she I was throwing it. It was yeah. all the
1: whole nine. I was like, oh my God. Like, this is great. I, love I wouldn't that. want to win anywhere else.
0: <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I think winning a championship probably brings that out of people. Yes. Shout out to Jackie because yeah. he was able to, to loosen up a little bit Get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, speaking of Becky Hammond, what makes Becky Hammond good besides throwing out the hundreds?
1: Um, the way she sees the game, and I think she's already had it in her, and then being under pop would just cherry on top. Like, the way she sees the game, the way that she analyzes it for us to understand and to bring our strengths out is something that I've never, ever seen before. Like, not even taken away from my other coaches, but she's, like— I always say if Becky had better knees. she would be practicing with us because she sees the game. She's that competitive. And it makes you want to buy in to, like, play with her and play for her and win for her. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the biggest thing for us. And it was just a breath of fresh air for us. Like, yeah. and it was also cool because no one really knew us. We were a new system. Everybody was like, we're trying to figure us out. Yeah. And so it was, like, definitely a big time for us.
0: What was your relationship with Becky Hammond to start the season? And then what was your relationship with her ending the season? How did that progress?
1: Oh, man. It was pretty much consistent, honestly. Like, when I first met Becky, it was straight out the gate. She was like, I want to get to know you. I want to understand who you are, and I want to understand where you want to go. And I love people like that. She keeps it black and white, no gray areas. So she knew exactly what she was going to get out of me, and I knew the same for her. Mm -hmm. And as the season went on, our talks just got deeper and more intuitive and just like This is who we are. Like, I'm like, this is what we can do. This is what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. And Becky just took it in. She was like, all right, I'm going to give you the blueprint, the foundation. Go build it. And that's what we did. So I think it just grew in that area of just Mm -hmm. our our conversations. Mm -hmm. Okay,
0: well, speaking of blueprint, your resume is obviously stacked. But what is an accolade that you want that you have not gotten yet? Hmm. I don't... I've got them all. So. No. I was about to say, like, one of
1: those, like, the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award blimps.
0: Yeah.
1: I do not have one of those, and I really want one of those. Um, maybe even to get slimed, depending on what my hair is. Like, I don't know that slime stuff. <laughs> but I think that's one that I really want. I wanted Defensive Player of the Year, but I already got it. So, yeah, one of those Kids' Choice Awards orange blimps. Yeah. I think that would be pretty dope. And now you're just
0: trying to conquer the other levels. Yeah, you're like, you're like what else see,
1: can I'm like, I do? this is nice. I want to go get slimed and get a blimp and, like, have some fun. Okay, no, fair.
0: Okay, I know that this is subjective, but for you. Who is the GOAT
1: of the Mm. WNBA? Of the WNBA? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Who is the GOAT for us? I don't know. That's a hard question, Taylor.
0: Because I know you said, like, one of your favorites. You said Lisa Leslie. Yeah. But is that your GOAT?
1: Yeah. Like, Lisa Leslie is a GOAT in my eyes because she just... Her swagger and who she is and just the grit that she shows, it's just been incredible. And I didn't even get a chance to watch her play like live and and, and into it. But when I go back and I look, I'm just like, she was really unstoppable. And she she made everyone around her better. Mm -hmm. And in my eyes, that's a GOAT to me. But we have plenty of great players. And I mean, like the list goes on about our league because we're phenomenal women and very elite at what we do. But for me, Lisa Leslie is like up there.
0: Yeah, because, you know, in that press conference, Chelsea Gray was saying, I feel like we can start talking about Asia Wilson being on that path and trajectory to be the greatest women's basketball (laughs) player of all time. I'm sure that's a lot to hear that. (laughs) But with that foundation being laid, what are the things that you think you have to do to solidify yourself in that conversation?
1: Winning. Mm-hmm. Winning and just winning, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just it doesn't matter how you do it. Mm-hmm. winning like I said, it covers up a lot of things. People just be like, "Okay, well she won? like she's a winner at the end of the day. I want to be a winner, and not necessarily just on the court but off the court as well like I'm very particular in that area, but I think when it comes to winning, everything else falls in line, and when it comes to goat as well, it's just Making people better around you. like I I think that's my biggest thing is, okay, cool, it's great having fun playing basketball, but I want to get my teammates involved. I want to be productive without the basketball. And those little things there, I think those are signs of a GOAT. And just when you do that and you do the right things and you play the game the right way, everything else kind of falls in line. Mm -hmm. You
0: were obviously always playing basketball, but were you playing knowing that
1: your career... Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. We were in the gym where I did not have a clue what I wanted to do with my life. I love volleyball. Volleyball is my first love. I didn't want to give it up. I cried when my daddy said I had to give it up. And just looking back on it, I didn't want to sweat. I didn't want to do anything because, mm-hmm. ew. So <laughs> playing basketball, I never would have thought it would have opened doors and would have had the career that I've had thus far. Um, because it just wasn't on my radar. I just wanted yeah. to live life. I wanted to be normal, do little things, kind of go to prom, go to movies with my friends, go on little dates with boys, yeah. like that. But then I was like, <laughs> okay, this basketball thing's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can kind of do it for a living. And then yeah. that's when it just kind of took off. So my, I had no idea.
0: Yeah. So Becoming by Michelle Obama is like one of my favorite books. Yeah. And something that she talks about in it is people who decide to make that swerve and how like making that swerve really can determine what your life looks like. It shows you what your passions are. And if you loved volleyball, but you decided to make that swerve to basketball, that just like one decision that you made literally changed your entire life. Yes, And like the gravity of knowing that like everything that you do is just based on like little choices that you decide to make. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what you said was a lot of that choice was your dad. Yeah. yeah so your parents. dad is like such a big reason why like this yes. is all this moment
1: yeah he he's a big part of me i mean i wouldn't be asia wilson the basketball player if it wasn't for him and, and i got to credit him and my mom because they kept me so balanced like my mm-hmm. mom was like no let her go to prom and my dad was like well she needs to be in the gym she's like no she needs to enjoy these moments like yeah. they allowed me to still be a normal teenage girl but yet, never lose sight of just kind of like my dreams, and they let it. They let me live them. Like when they came to my college decision, they're were like, "We're not going there for four years. You are. You make the decision. What do you feel like?" Yeah. And. My dad just plays a huge part in that for me. And he's probably put his career aside and his job aside to even play, go over with me to China. Like, those little things there stick out the most to me. And I'm a family girl through and through. Like, those are my role dogs. Like, I don't go <laughs> new. Like, I'm really without my parents, for sure. And I have no shame in that because they've done so much. Like, they sacrificed so much for me. And if I can make their life easy, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm.
0: Isn't it interesting? Like, as you get older, you realize, A, everything your parents do for you. Be how much you're like your parents.
1: Oh, God, yes. It's <laughs> it's super scary. Like, I catch yeah. myself. I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like my mom. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's something my dad would say. Uh But one thing they don't tell you is how you got to parent your parents. Yeah. Oh, my God. Totally. I'm like, this is what y'all had to go through? Oh, no. <laughs> I can't take it. But, no, I love him. I love, like, watching them. Just watch, watch me in a sense, because they're just they're so joyful, and it just helps me play. Like, they're my why. Like, yeah. my dad probably has 175 pictures of a statue. That's not I'm <laughs> going to move, and it's of his daughter. Like, it's like, yeah. I'm like, Dad, you have enough? And he's like, no, come on, let me take a picture. I'm like, Dad, literally, I live with you. Like, you yeah. FaceTime me every day. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so big to me. It's just those little things is just so key to me.
0: What I always think about, and I know that you'll get what I'm saying, because you have two dogs— <laughs> I think about how much I love my dogs. And then I'm like, I know it's times a million for parents. And I can't fathom that because my dog, I'm like, nobody loves anything on this earth. I promise you, more I love love my dogs. Yeah, but it's like, no, your parents love you more than that. And that is very wild to me. It's incredible. That's like my barometer (laughs) for all things. So it's just shout out to the parents. Shout out to my mom and dad. Shout out to her mom and dad. All the things. I love that. (laughs) Um, I was watching an interview that you did, and in it, you said that you didn't know who you were until you were 24, 25. What did you find out at that time?
1: Um, I'm not perfect, and I can't please everybody. And the bubble, really, as crazy as the bubble was, it really allowed me to do that because I was by myself. I couldn't do anything but play basketball and think. And when it gave me that time just to really dial into who I wanted to be and and my light in and my guidance— um, it was huge for me. And I realized that I can have bad days. I realized that I don't have to do everything and I'm not going to be perfect. Like, the way one person may see Asia Wilson, is not going to be the same as the next. And I think I got so caught up into trying to just please everybody and making sure that I talk right, I sound right, I look right. And it's like, at the end of the day, I was losing myself. Like, I was just... I felt terrible. I hated everything that I did. It just wasn't, life was not fun for me. Mm-hmm. And once I got into the bubble and kind of life was stripped from me and mm-hmm. I had to just kind of be there, it allowed me to realize that like a lot of this stuff that I prioritized was not it. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm I'm giving a lot more and receiving nothing. Like yeah. I, I was watering and no one was watering me. And I hated that feeling. So mm-hmm. I found different ways and, and got in tune with myself and understood who I was. And I was like, wow, like, this is me. Take it or leave it. Yeah, Like, it's going to be some days where I, I, I can't sign that autograph. But I promise you, I'm not. Like, it's okay. And I have to accept that. Mm-hmm. And I got so angry with myself because I didn't want people to be like, oh, she's this, she's that. And I'm like, I can't control that. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, people are going to always have something to say. And that's what I had to really gain. And it's like, I can't control that, but I'm going to be me. If I'm me, I'm good. Like, yeah. you get what you get. Like, I promise you, this is who I am, and I'm not changing. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really found myself in that way. Yeah, and the
0: peace is coming. Yes,
1: yes. Where. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, yeah. I'm just, like, <laughs> nothing worries. Like, nothing bothers Asia at this point. Yeah.
0: Can you give me an example? You were saying I felt like I had to talk a certain way, yeah. act a certain way. What do you mean by
1: that? Um, I mean, my rookie year, I got in, and they're like, well, we want you to be the face of this franchise. And I'm like, well, I'm a rookie. I don't know what I'm doing here. Just got here, but thanks. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I had to be this person for the media or this person that people wanted to go buy that jersey for and to go look at the game and fill in the seats and it wasn't me Mm -hmm. and I'm like yes I'm gonna dance my tail off in the layup line because I can like that's me that's what I do I like that's how I express myself and I just found myself just really just digging in that hole of just yeah saying everything that people wanted to hear and not necessarily what they needed to hear Mm -hmm. and that just really struck my core because I would go home and I'm like I didn't mean any of that like then they need to know how I feel and what things that I'm going through because I felt like people needed to hear that and people related to it. And that's how you that's when you get the jerseys and that's when people come see you play. So that was just big to me is like not just being politically correct all the time, but being yeah. me and being real.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what has allowed so many fans to like actually connect with you. Because now that you're being yourself, they feel like they are actually connecting with you yes. right yes. and not yes. like this thing that is manufactured that everybody yes. wants to see But yes. i'm sure you feel like things have been unlocked now that you can just be yes who you
1: are yes it really has and i mean if i saw it more this year than ever like i, I always lean on my teammates so much and i and they give me so much energy and just so much hope and passion for the game and i just felt it a lot this year
0: yeah You've been really open about depression and anxiety and how it has affected you, and I know that it looks different for everybody. So, what do depression and anxiety look like for you?
1: Oh, me. I mean, there'll be days where Asia doesn't talk, she wouldn't eat. Um, I just really felt like just a loser. Like, a loser. Like I was just like, I don't... I had no energy to just give. I had no energy to smile, and... I just kind of, my parents kind of saw it and they're like, well, this isn't us. This isn't the child that we raised. Mm-hmm. Like, she's way too blessed to be looking like this. And I just felt like I was just in a hole and it just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I just saw that little light up top and I'm like, I'm going to get to it one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think it's understanding that Every single day is a challenge and it's a battle, but it just, you got to find a way to grind it out. you got to understand, but at the same time, understand that it's okay. You can have those bad days. You can go through days where you're like, I really don't want to do anything today. And that's what I kept, I just felt like I was just trying to reach for something. It just kept getting further and further and further. Mm -hmm. But once I got who I was, that light started to get a lot bigger. Because I'm just like, all right, I'm making my way up to the top because I am who I am. But those days... It was terrible. Like my, I would have some pretty bad anxiety attacks because yeah. I just felt like I needed to be perfect. I felt like I needed to be the Asia Wilson that everybody wanted. And I lost sight of who Asia Wilson really is. Yeah. And and that right there, I was like, I would never go back to that place ever again.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. How did you start to be able to cope with it? How did you get better with it? And are you still dealing yeah. with it right oh, now?
1: I'm still dealing with it right now. It just <laughs> comes in different shapes and forms, honestly. Um, But I would just... Honestly, I started digging into my Bible a little bit more. I started talking to my parents and people, my friends. I started surrounding myself with people that I knew wanted my best intentions. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just for the glitz and glamour of whatever this life that we live as celebrities or whatever you want to call it. It was just true people. And my parents would really ask me, like, how are you? And I wouldn't be like, I'm good. I would literally be like, I'm feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. I hate it here in the bubble, like saying those things were really helpful to me because I was honest with myself Yeah, and I think that's the big thing is just being honest with yourself And then you start unraveling who you are as a person But if you're not honest with yourself You can't expect people to really help you and to gain and to think that you're gonna move forward because you're not honest with yourself yeah.
0: What was the hardest part of being honest with yourself?
1: That is honesty is ugly mm-hmm. <laughs> It's real, it's it's truthful um, and it's not just like, oh man, I had a really bad game. I should have made more shots. Like, no, why did you have that bad game? You didn't, you I didn't go to the gym when I wanted to. I did. I should have been there. And I think it's just that ugly truth that you have to face with yourself sometimes. That's hard, mm-hmm. but you got to face it and you got to live it in order to move forward. Yeah. And so for me, when I had to tell those ugly truths and I'm just like, I really don't feel like doing this mm-hmm. and I don't want to smile. People are going to think I'm being a babe. But no, like, mm-hmm. it was, that was hard for me because everyone expected me to be the happy-go-lucky smile in Asia, and I didn't have it. Yeah. And that was hard for me to battle. But once I got past that, I was like, hey, it is what it is at this point. Take it or leave it.
0: No, for sure. You know what is always really striking to me when I have these conversations? Because we talk a lot about, you know, mental health yeah. on the show. We talk a lot about therapy on the show. We talk about, you know, being authentically you and what makes you feel good. but. There's always, you know, this thing when we're talking to women about it, so much of it is we're feeling like we have to be caring all the time or nice all the time or smiling all the time. And it's like those labels that are putting the pressure on us. And then that allows like that anxiety and these like these mental health issues to manifest in a different way. Then they manifest in men. Exactly. Does that make sense? For
1: sure. Yeah. And especially the black woman. Yeah. Oh my God, you have to look a certain way. You gotta wear your hair a certain way because that it it gets it gets you a job. <laughs> yeah. It gets you a job. And those little things are just so particular to me. And that's why when I started advocating for this, I wanted to let every everybody know that it's it, you have to be you. Hmm. At the end of the day, you have to be you. And it's hard because it's some people that get jobs that are not even on that tier that they're supposed to be on. But they get it because, hey, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you have to wear this mask. And I remember I was writing a Players' Tribune story, and I was just like, we have to sometimes take that mask off. Every single day, I felt like I was just had to take my mask off. I was like, all right, well, that was a good day of just smiling. Yeah. But here I am going back in my bed, not not talking to anyone. Mm-hmm. And I had to break through that. And it's hard, like. It's, it's really hard. Even if our league is predominantly black women, it is still 10 times hard yeah. because you have to fight. I remember my mom would always tell me, you have to work 10 times as hard as the next person just to get your foot in the door.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I didn't really understand that until I got to the professional level. And it's like, no matter how hard you work, it's going to be somebody that's always going to try to discredit you. Yes. No matter what it is, I'm like, oh, and it's like you do all these things. And you're like, oh, but she tied her shoes wrong. And it's like, dang, yeah. what? Yeah. Like, how are you even still going to think about that? But no, no, like, it's real. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what we live.
0: (laughs) No, I say this all the time. Anytime I see a Black woman in a position, I know she is the Absolute best at it. Yes. Because everything was put in place yes. for her to not be Yes. There. Yes. Like, yes. I am overconfident <laughs> in their ability to get yes. that job done. Yes. Like, yes. and it's crazy that it has to be that way and that we have to feel that way. But what relationship do you see between Black women and vulnerability?
1: Ooh. Now, I think that is where it becomes kind of taboo in the Black community, of that, because we're always taught you got to be strong. Hey, don't let nobody see you crack because we have to be there. We have to present ourselves in this way because they're looking for a reason to be like, no, sorry. Yeah. And I think being vulnerable is, is plays a huge key in that because, you know, you get so used to putting up all these walls and these gates and it's hard to break through. It's hard to let those gates open a little bit because of the trauma of what you've gone through. Of the d- rejection, of the no's, of the sorry, we can't do this, of the declines. Like, it's hard to be vulnerable in that situation. But I think the beauty of it on the other side is when you understand that there's other people that are like, no, I go through the same thing. That mm-hmm. you're not alone. And that was me. When I was vulnerable with my mental health, with my learning disability, I was very, very suspect about it. But once I put it out and I felt like people were just like, you know what, I have a kid that goes through the same thing. Or I go through the same thing. Or, oh, my God, I relate to that. That then made me like, all right, I'm good. And I think it also gave people an opportunity to see that I'm human. Yeah. I and mean, they see me in uniform and they're like, oh, no, she's living the best life. She's doing what she's doing. But they forget that I'm a human, that I have feelings, that I will clap back on Twitter because that's me. <laughs> it's, I have my phone in my hand. <laughs> that's yeah. me. And I think that was the part that I could connect with my fans even more because I kind of pull those heartstrings for them and let them know, like, I go through it too. Mm-hmm. Trust me. And it's hard, but I think that's kind of how it is. is You have to find that. It's a thin line that Black women have to kind of push through to understand that, like, sometimes you got to open that gate a little bit.
0: Yeah. What freedom has this given you?
1: Oh, a lot of freedom. Oh, my God. It's different things. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today. I probably wouldn't have won a championship if I didn't have that freedom of just lifting that weight off my shoulder of just being who I am through and through. Because that was, like, another defender because I'm just like, I'm battling with all these things. And now I'm going into the game. My mental somewhere else. I'm not in the game. I'm not there for my teammates. And it just took a lot away from me. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of freedom now. I don't think about it. I just go out there and play now.
0: No, I think that's, that's so insightful. You're saying that yeah. dealing with this was like another defender. Yeah. So it's like you're kind of fighting this two-front mm-hmm. war, like with, you know, the players on the court. Yeah. But also what's happening yourself, in here. Yeah. And trying to figure that out. And you feel like things were unlocked when you were able to really just... Mm-hmm be present. Okay. What's that message that you would maybe give to other black women, other athletes about, you know, making sure that you take care of both fronts.
1: I think that's the the biggest thing. And I, and we hear it all the time is it's okay to not be okay. I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is understanding that, like I said, every day is going to be a challenge and that's okay. Like you are fully equipped. You are guided enough to get you through the day and just tackle it day by day. I think we get so caught up in what's going on next, what's going on tomorrow. You got to stay in the moment and mm-hmm. realize that we don't get any of these moments back. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to do that because we all have stuff going on. We all are bringing something to the table or something. And it's like you just got to tackle it day by day and being true to yourself and, and knowing that you don't have to know it all right now. Mm-hmm. Like kind of just, I hate saying go with the flow because it seems like I'm like, eh, go with the flow. <laughs> go with the flow. But blood no, blood. like really just go with the flow and let it all pan out because what's for you is going to be for you regardless.
0: No, I love that. I'm yeah. so happy that you were able to be open. Yeah, thank that you, you <laughs> feel like it was meaningful to you. I know it's meaningful to so many people. So I absolutely love hearing that. Um, when we talk about you on the court, right? You've been in the league four years now. Mm-hmm. Professionally and basketball-wise, which year taught you the most about yourself?
1: Uh, last year, last year losing to Phoenix um, in Game Five at home struck me in a way that I thought I thought the bubble was bad because we got swept and getting swept is not the best feeling ever. I wouldn't wish. <laughs> I know. can
0: imagine one
1: star <laughs> wouldn't suggest anything. <laughs> but no, like that losing that was like heartbreaking. Like I just felt like I did not do enough. So that off-season, I worked my butt off to make sure that I could give more than enough. And I think I got so caught up in like, all right, well, I'm in my spot. I'm doing what I need to do. And I lost sight of trickling over to my teammates, being more for them. And that did not sit right with me at all because that's not me. That's not me at all. That should be no one. So Mm -hmm. that there was a moment in a year that I learned the most about myself and how I could push myself. Mm-hmm. How, how hard can I really go? And, I, and it kind of paid off this year for sure mm-hmm. because I could just push myself to a limit. Like I put myself in situations where it was really hard. It's like when those magicians go in them tanks and they got to find the key. Yeah. It was one of those things. Yeah. Like I'm really testing myself so I know my limit. And when I feel like I'm getting to that limit, I know I can bust through. Yeah. And that was just a big moment for me.
0: What is the ceiling of Asia Wilson?
1: There's no ceiling. Honestly, I'm I'm trying to shatter every glass ceiling there is. I feel like there's no ceiling for me. I'm going to go and go until uh, I feel like I, I'm good. I'm I, I'm done enough. And I'm not even close to that. Uh, people are like, oh, you think you're in your prom? I'm like, I think I'm just knocking on the door. I don't even think I'm there yet. I still think I have so much more to give to this game and, and to my community and everything else in between.
0: So you're not in your prime right now. I know, right? It's crazy. How much scarier is it
1: going to get? All right. Listen, I put that in God's hands because whew, I got to start getting it's getting real now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's fun. And now I feel like I'm in the league because I got me. when I'm like, all right, now it was rookie year. Now I'm going in. It's, it's year two now for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that. I'm sure some in this like, dang, that wasn't her prime. <laughs> yeah. So we, what are we going to do coming up? How are you better next season? You specifically?
1: Ooh, how am I better? Um. I'm more vocal. I'm, I'm going to be a, a more vocal leader. I feel like I, my teammates probably were like, she talks enough. Uh, but no, I think, <laughs> I think I'm think i more vocal because I see a lot of things and I don't say anything because I feel like, hey, we're all pros. Like we have our own thing that we see. I'm not going to get in the way. But I think next year I'm going to be more present and vocal in that situation for my teammates in ways that they know that they can count on me in any situation. Not just in my position, mm-hmm. but across the board.
0: Okay, I love that. Speaking of being vocal, one of my favorite bites was when you were doing, like, a you were on the court doing an interview with Holly, and Kelsey goes, well, you know, Asia cussed me out before the game. <laughs> Tell me that story.
1: Yes. When it comes to KP, I let her know every single—it's it's one of those things that I've learned about being a leader. You have to talk to everybody different. I can't talk to Jackie the way I talk to KP. I can't talk to KP the way I talk to Dierica. And that right there, when KP's missing shots, I'm like, you need to make shots. I don't, I'm not understanding why you're not making shots. Mm-hmm. KP never leaves the gym. She who, shoots 200 shots a day. Why are you missing shots? And I kind of got into her head, uh, head a little bit. I started saying, I, you need to beep, 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 get your beep, beep, beep together because we need you. Like, we needed that for her. And I didn't want her to seep into the mind game of I'm missing shots. Oh, my God. I'm like, make your shots and move on. That's all. I'm not asking mm-hmm. you to 360 windmill dunk. I'm not asking you to go between the legs and cross somebody up. I'm just asking you to do your job, and mm-hmm. that's to make shots. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. So that. yeah, I kind of let her have it in that one.
0: Yeah, have you always been able to have that sort of—I don't know if tough love is the right word—but mm-hmm. that very like blunt yes. communication <laughs> with your teammates, and has it always been received well?
1: For sure, it's my yeah. mom. That's my mom's side, <laughs> 100%. Uh, Eva will tell you off quickly and with a smile, and maybe with a smile, maybe not, and keep it moving. Yeah. And that's me. Like I feel like I've developed bond, bonds and relationships with my teammates. To where they understand that it's tough love. Like, it's Don't take it personal. We're all here to do something. But they know at any given day, they can call me at any time. And i will love to have a conversation with them. We'll laugh, we'll cry, mm-hmm. we'll do anything in between. But when it comes to doing your job and what I need out of you and what you need out of me and holding each other accountable, I'm all for it. I feel like it's always been me. Um, I just got to find different ways to do it. But mm-hmm. I, I really love forming relationships with my teammates in ways that I know I can talk to them.
0: Tell me, like, one thing or one moment that you can point to that really bonded this team.
1: Oh, man, our tortilla slap challenge. Uh, (laughs) KP bought these uh, tortilla things to practice. No, I know it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it really allowed us to get out a lot of anger, and K.P. was really hitting me. Like, I lost lashes the way she hit me. I was like, girl. So the tortilla gotta- slap is, you take tortillas, yes. and you literally you
0: slap, slap each other. And you have other. water in
1: your mouth. Yeah. So you can't laugh, you can't <laughs> spit the water, and we're all in a circle, and you don't know who and when someone's slapping you. Like, it's not everyone gets a turn, so mm-hmm. you're just slapping. <laughs> so we're looking, and next thing you know, a tortilla just slapped you. And I think that moment really brought us together because you could tell we just had a lot of fun with it. We're just a fun team as a whole. Yeah. But some people got their stuff out. Like, I was like, okay, KP, I got you. Like, you got yeah. me one. <laughs> yeah, she was like, Ugh. I was like, okay, like, cool, thank you. But it allowed us to kind of like be us, be the kids that we are. And I yeah. think that brought us together. And that was early in the season. So I already knew then. I was like, oh, yeah, we're in good shape.
0: <laughs> so there was anger in their Tadia slaps, but there was love. Probably in yeah. the at the laps. end of
1: the day, we loved each other. But I think some people had some beef. Like, I said, like, okay, <laughs> y'all put a little in
0: it oh my gosh i love that okay so uh kind of last section for you i think that obviously we talk about the wnba a lot yes but sometimes i don't think that we're actually talking to wnba players um, about what they would like to see from the wnba so obviously some topics going on right now one is the wnba having more teams yes do you feel like the wnba should have more teams
1: um yes i do and but at the same time take care of the teams that you have now I think that's so key. I think that's very, very key. I would love to expand. I would love, we need more players. There's so many players out there that should be on a WNBA roster that's not because of just the way the team is set up. But at the same time, for me, I think we just need to also take care of the teams that are in market right now. The 12 that we have, it should be, I love being at Vegas because I think it sets the standard of what a professional team should look like in a WNBA league. And I mean, you got Seattle, you have all these great cities that have the, perfect amount of space and fan base to take care of where they are Mm -hmm. but I just think our league just needs to push it a lot more and understand that treat everybody like not the same of course because Vegas is better. I don't need nobody to think that they on the same level as us. But <laughs> no, like take care of your, your the babies that you have now before yeah. you go out making some more babies. Right, like, right. Take care of your kids now. Make sure everyone's in the right space where they need to and then you can start talking about that. But I would love some extra teens. I love, I don't know about the travel situation, but you know, we'll make our way there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there someday. Yeah, so you're like definitely more teens, but we yes. can't even broach that conversation until like, Our house is clean. Yes. What are some of the things in the house that you want to be cleaned?
1: Oh, man. How much time do we have? (laughs) Uh, um, No, I think it's just the biggest thing is just treating us like professionals. Like, what we do, we we are who we are. We've worked so hard to get to this level. It shouldn't be a step back. It shouldn't be a step back from collegiate level at all. It should be a step forward to where we want young girls in college to be like, yes, I want to go get drafted. Yes, I want to play for them. Yes, I want to be in the W. And it just starts with the franchise and the owners, whether it's the owners, whether it's the coaches, whether it's the players, understanding, taking the situation that you have and making the best of it, Mm -hmm. but making it best for you. And then plant that seed for the next generation, for that rookie that wants to come in. Take them under your wing and show them the ropes. Like, I feel like that is what we need in our league. is just Mm -hmm. not just bitter and being like, all right, well, they got that. No, like, focus on your own group. Get your your squad together and then build from there.
0: Yeah, and I think so much of it too is like value. Like Mm -hmm. making people feel feel yes. valuable yes. that their talent is valuable that what they are bringing to you know the sports space is valuable mm-hmm. and i think a lot of it um starts with that yeah. as well um also some talk about you know celebs that want to buy teams In your perfect world tell me four celebrities that mm. you want to become a part of a WNBA team.
1: beyonce oh usher serena williams And it's giving, like, I need an actor. I'm looking at, like, a. I love me some Ryan Ryan Reynolds.
0: Okay. Come on, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. Give me me your pitch to Beyonce. That's what I.
1: Beyonce, girl. (laughs) Honey, listen. I don't care if we're on the (laughs) run. Let me longer jump next to you. Come on, Beyonce. Get you a team, girl. I don't know if i will be playing for it because I like Vegas, but girl, it would be great to come to your house. You can set it up at your house, girl. Come on, Beyonce. I don't know you want a team. The gym uh, at the house. Yes. Like, girl, let us come to the house. We ain't got to do nothing. You won't even know I'm there. But yes, I feel like you should really get a team, Beyonce, because like, eh. it goes hand in hand at this point. Beyonce, WBA, I think it's perfect. So, Beyonce, girl, baby. Come on, call at me.
0: Yeah, I don't think there will be a better pick than that to Beyonce. So if that doesn't convince Beyonce. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what else will. I love that Beyonce WNBA. There's some there's the synergy.
1: Like, I mean, I, I think I, it's perfect to me. Good list. I love it. I love
0: it. Um, so these episodes are sponsored by Ally. They yes. are huge advocates of women's sports and pushing the game forward. Yes. So what do you want to see from women's sports in the next ten years?
1: I want to see it more. I just want to see it more. I think we're there. I think we're pushing the envelope. I think we're almost there. We're cracking cracking that glass ceiling. But I want to see it more as in like, when you go to an airport in Las Vegas, see Las Vegas Aces gear. Mm. See the different teams in those areas. I mean, there's a lot of people that, we're not in season. We're Off season more than we're in season. But it doesn't mean people don't go to Vegas. It doesn't mean people don't go to Phoenix and everywhere else in between. I think we need to see more of the WNBJ teams and women's sports teams and airports and different situations for people to support, even though we might not be in season or even though we might not be there. I think that's the perfect thing to do. Let them buy that jersey, let them buy that t-shirt. Like that's how we push it. Yeah. If you can see her, you can be her, is what I always say. Yeah,
0: so just visibility. Like the next 10 years is about putting it in your face. Yes.
1: Making yes. it meaningful,
0: like, in a very real, real way. Yes. Okay, uh, I do want to end on this because John ja Morant is a huge friend of the show. He is one of my closest friends. He's been on here, like, six times. Literally, <laughs> he has done the show six times. Um, and I know that you all are also very close. He yeah. is such an advocate for women. Yes. He has your back like no other. <laughs> that is one thing about John ja Morant. He will been spend a block for you. What do you think really <laughs> bonds you and John? Ja?
1: Oh, man, I feel like I remember watching Ja Hoop, uh, I think probably in Sumter as a young kid, just like incredible talent, just who he is. And I think that is so pure. And now watching him now, I'm like, that is not the same kid I was watching. Like just watching him grow up has been incredible to watch. And he's. He's just there. He's just scratching the surface. And I think the thing that ties us together is, one, our hard work. And us, we never change. Like, we are who we are. We're going to be who we are. We're going to be that country people from South Carolina. We don't really care what people say because that's who we are. And we live it. And to share this moment with his dad and his parents and my parents when they came to playoffs, it was just a true moment. And, And that's the little bro for sure. Always got his back 100%. And just to watch him flourish in, in, in the NBA has been a pleasure to watch, especially watching him when he was just that young kid with the little twist baby with the little fro. I was like, oh my God, that's a <laughs> So, no. you like, you're going to have to grow this out. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just super but it's cool. Grown out. When he had like, the little fro, like the two star in five look, like, I was like, oh! God, ah, look at him. That's but now hard he's hard. like, well, he's like a grown man and it's just incredible to watch him.
0: Yes, no, I love hearing that. And there really are, I think, a lot of parallels. Yeah. Just, and both of you, your energy, all yes. in South Carolina, your bond with your parents. Yes. So it's really beautiful. Yes. Um, last thing, though, you don't like Love and Basketball. You got to tell me why.
1: Oh, Love and Basketball is a trash movie because like, what? Don't ah. nobody do none of that, girl. What? Do not play me for my heart. I ain't got time for that. Like, why are you going to go and do what you did? No, absolutely not. I cannot stand Love and Basketball. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying it. People say it's not in my generation, and I don't understand it. But no, I can't get down with Love and Basketball. And there's a lot of people on set that's looking at me crazy. But um, Love and Basketball is not giving what it needs to give. I'm so sorry. I cannot, watch. I cannot stand that movie. I cannot stand that movie.
0: I will say this. I like Love and Basketball, but... No. I recognize the problematic aspects yeah, like, of no, love and basketball. No,
1: you're selling fake drinks to young girls. But there's some nostalgia to it, I right? Guess, you know. No, it's cute. <laughs> not really. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, then favorite
0: basketball movie.
1: Favorite basketball movie? I like Coach Carter.
0: That's a good pick. I like Coach That's Carter. A good Coach Carter is also good. Okay, so yeah. everybody watch Coach Carter. If you haven't. <laughs> hey, we got some disagreements every year.
1: <laughs> love and basketball is trash. It is, but it's a lot of Monica's <laughs> out there looking for their Quincy. So I hope y'all find it. But I hope not, Qu- Quincy though, not, not Quincy though. Not Quincy But a. Do not judge a, your not love by what you
0: endure, ladies. Okay, he should have had it together way he before. Should have. Yes, no, Mm-mm. but I feel y'all though. By the way, you know we go way back. We was together with the mix. So me and her, we right here. Okay, no, I love it. You thank are so you. much fun. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much for having us <laughs> yes, up here and inviting us to your camp. All the thank, things.
1: Thank you. Thank I will you. be rooting
0: for you. And I hope y'all go back to back Thank you. Uh, thanks, Asia. <laughs> <laughs>